This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Welcome back to the Build a Better Us podcast. The president of Build a Better Us, B.J. Thompson, and licensed therapist, John J.P. Parker, are about to discuss spiritual, relational, and personal development from a refreshing perspective. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to find out how you can become a part of the BBU Nation. But for now, we hope you enjoyed this conversation with BJ and JP. Hello, everybody. I'm John Parker. And I'm BJ Thompson. And this is the Build a Better Us podcast. Today, we're talking about how many of us have them. The age old question, friends. Um, what about your friends? Hey, Are on, they going to be around? Hey. Are they going to let you down? Hey. Huh? Go on, ahead, bro. Man. Come on, man. Like, we we bridging generations, you know what I'm saying, right uh-huh. now. Like, people don't understand the the necessity, the value, mm. the worth of having true and good friends, real friends. Not not like the word friends, but like, you know, people throw that around loosely. Like, oh, we're friends. Oh, it's the bestie. Oh, BFF. Like, no, like having true, real, down for whatever, friends. Friendship is something that BJ and I have found is is a fleeting thing uh, in, in 2019. And I guess the longer we live, the more we find out the people that we thought were friends or who we call friends shouldn't be given that title. Um, mm. And so what we want to do with this episode is help y'all to understand, you know, if you don't recognize the value or if you are a friend to someone and you're not really a friend, maybe this helps you step your friend game up or maybe this helps you recognize uh, the phonies in your in your circle. Uh, but we just want to spend some time helping you understand the value in it and, and really recognize and being able to say, hey, um, these people are friends or the, identify the fact that you need to find some real friends. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, the, the new hashtag is friendship goals. Yeah, exactly. Um, hashtag exactly. friendship goals. And, you know, is that a party? Is that a vacation? Is that a cool photo shoot? Is that an extravagant event where you and colleagues congregate and take a glamorous picture? Or does that mean something much deeper? JP, you were talking earlier before pre-show about an example of someone who discovered they may not have had the friends that they thought. Yeah. Uh, would you care to share? Yeah, for uh, sure, for sure. That illustration. Go ahead. So I am an acquaintance, right? See, I, I didn't throw the friends word out there. I'm Ooh. an acquaintance with a fella who was recently, within the last several months, shot. Uh, he got shot and got shot. He got wounded in an attempted robbery. And today on his social media feed, he put up a video of a pastor talking about when things happen to you, the lack of concern that people have, the lack of people Mm. being in your corner, the lack of people showing up to saying, hey, what's going on, will show you who people really are in your life. Mm. And so one of the things he was saying after, you know, the caption underneath that post, that video was that man sat up in the hospital with this wound just knowing that certain people were going to show up. Oh, yeah, he going to show up. She going to show up. Yep, this folk going to show up. 
and days or hours turned to days, days turned to weeks, weeks turned to months, and the people that he just knew was his ride or dies were nowhere to be found. Hmm. And he said in his moment of need, the time that he thought that people would show up the most was the time when he realized, oh, these folks ain't for me. These aren't my ride or dies. These aren't my BFFs. We don't have friendship goals. Um, and it really just, it struck me. I was like, man, there is so many times where I have been through things or even people that I know close to me have been through things and I haven't been the best at making sure that they were okay or reaching out. But it's got to be a lonely, sad place to be where you're sitting up, laying up in a hospital bed because someone tried to take your life and take your valuables. And the people that you thought were near and dear to you are crickets, bro. Silent. Ooh. Nowhere to be found. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, it's got to be rough, bro. It's got to be tough. Yeah. So, so to me, what, what it says is that the assessment of friendship may not have been accurate. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Uh, indeed. Yeah. I can tell you a couple of times I had some, um, less than desirable friendships. I, I remember, I tell my daughter about this often. She's in high school now. And, um, you know, we have these high school talks. I, you know, I, I, I get to reminisce from mm-hmm. my high school days. If you don't know me, you heard me ever heard me talk about high school. I loved high school. Mm. High school was actually a great time for me. I yeah. absolutely love high school. As a matter of fact, I'm a legend from high school, right? <laughs> um, didn't play football, didn't play sports. I'm being very serious too. Okay. Um, but I loved high school. But I took a lot of L's in high school. I learned a lot and I took a lot of the L's. And I remember there was a point in time where there was an individual named Anthony. Or Anthony, if you're listening, I never forgot this, okay? Mm. Who, we were friends, right? I spent time with Anthony. And we were good friends and, you know, consistently we hang out, consistently we would talk, consistently I saw him as a confidant, someone who would preserve things about me that could be liabilities. Hmm. One day something happens and Anthony decides to snitch Mm. on me, Mm. my friend, yeah, and put me in an extremely vulnerable situation and then showed up the next day like nothing had happened. Mm. Yikes. And I think this is one of the first times it forced me to really take inventory of my friendships. And if I'm honest about it, what I think I realized was I was a poor selector of friends. Mm. Right? Mm. That though... You know, I call myself having good discernment and understanding. Man, I didn't know what a good friendship was comprised of. Mm-hmm. And if I'm also truthful, the friendship that we had was mostly coincidental because we just so happened to play the same sport, right? And so when I think about friendships in my life, I had to come to grips with the fact that though I desired companionship and friends, my ability to assess how friendships should work was very weary. JP, what are some times when it hits you, man, I either got some trash friends or <laughs> I don't have any understanding of friendships. Go ahead. Or I need to change friendships. Go ahead. Yeah, the the biggest one uh, that is like seared my mind uh, was no. in 
Bro. This is a safe place. Go ahead and say it, bro. You sound like you're about to like cry. Go ahead. Bro, it was it was <laughs> freshman, freshman year of high school. Um, I got into a situation with a guy that was kind of like <laughs> How do I want to put it? Was he in the so, gang? What, what was he in? You got that that noise. Go ahead. Uh, well, the situation starts off like this. So there was a guy that me and my friend were bullying, right? But <laughs> the, the guy was like four times our size. Um, and it wasn't just him we would bully. It was him and his little cousin that would be around. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So it was kind of one of those situations where, you know, it, it, would, it, would, it would be like you know, horseplay, we would do certain things, whatever, whatever. Then things would escalate to like water balloons being thrown. But then there was also like other type of liquids in the water balloons. And so it just, it was just you know, just like schoolyard shenanigans. You know what I'm saying? Like schoolyard just stuff. Just regular like, bullying. You know, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like your, you know, neighborhood stuff. You know, we go back and forth or whatever, right? So, you know, this this whole, my my this this guy, my best friend at the time, he he moves away, right? So he moves away and... Basically, I thought I could continue to deal bully. with my yeah this guy and bully this guy <laughs> without the the other half of the bully team. You know what I mean? Um, and I guess when you have two people versus one, you don't realize size. You don't really like oh this guy is huge compared to me. So uh, he's you know, two best, of us. He's the size yeah. of the two of us. <laughs> Right, right, right. He's two of us. For sure, two of us. Um, So basically, um, he, one day, uh, again, dealing with the loss of my friend, he moves away. I'm like, oh, so I want to continue to make myself feel better by bullying this guy. So if we we break it down psychologically, it's probably what was going on in my mind at the time. (laughs) So... It's PE. Um, you know, if you've, if you've ever had PE, and depending on how your school is, you know, in your locker room, you have that like long bench that goes the length <laughs> of the the locker. You know what I'm saying? The locker room inside the gym. Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about? Right. Was this or middle school, gym, high school? Was it middle school, is, high school? This is high school. This is freshman year. This is high school. Okay. Because middle school smells like armpits. <laughs> hey, my high school wasn't much different than the middle school experience. It was. It was stinky. It was just always stinky. It's just that's what gyms. Do. That's what like locker rooms do. Um. So basically, um, I um, uh, I, I stand on the bench, right? And as I'm standing on the bench, I'm barely as tall as the guy. Oh, right. Right. So I'm standing on the bench and I'm barely his height. Right. So that just gives you like a a little depth perception there. Right. So then I'm talking trash and maybe something clicks in his mind and realize like, oh, it's one of you. (laughs) I, I, I'm not a fan of this belittlement that's taking place right now. So, um, he proceeds to shove me off the bench. And when I say shove me, like I hit the ground so hard, my knee was kind of inverted, like the inside of my knee. Have you ever hit the inside of your knee and you feel like your whole leg has gone numb? Never, never, bro. That's, that's never <laughs> happened. Like in all, all the time you play sports, like that, you've never felt that pain. I've been beat down, but I don't never remember that. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've lucked out, my friend. Um, so basically, I hit the ground and it was like a chalk outline from like a 90s like murder mystery. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. Like I hit the ground. One arm is over here. One arm is over there. One leg is twisted this way. One leg is twisted that way. I hit the ground and I immediately realized like, yo, this is some pain like I've never felt before in my life. Like this really hurts. Um, 
Also in that moment, adrenaline kicks in and says, oh, but if I stay down on this ground, I'm probably going to get stomped out. Um, mm. Or this big guy is going to pick me up and throw me around. Um, mm. Neither one of those options work. So I immediately get to my feet again. Adrenaline, adrenaline is pumping. And as I'm limping away, I'm looking at the big homies, the fact, the people that I thought were my friends, and they're like, yo, let that little blank blank get his blank blank whooped. He always talking trash. He always blah, blah, blah. He's always this and that. He need to take this, catch this fade. And I'm like, yo, all of these dudes that I thought were my homie, you know what I'm saying? Like that I thought like, like had my back literally were like, yo, let this dude whoop this dude. And I was like, yo, like every person that I'm making eye contact with as I'm limping away and running away from this dude and trying to find the nearest exit, they looked me dead in my face and were like, yo, today is the day that you're about to catch this fade. And it was like, yo, like these people, none of them, I'm like, yo, this is how you really feel? Like you, you literally are going to let this dude that is five times bigger than me give me the beatdown of my life? And I'm just looking for sympathy. I'm making eye contact and nobody's coming to my aid. And I'm just like, you know what? Thank the Lord that the one day that this, this door is usually chain locked, was not chain locked and I was able to escape. Was, and here. was that like a Leno? Did, was that a Leno me reference or was that your school? That, that was, I mean, you know, my school had some issues. You know what I'm Put saying? Put the chains but, on the door. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Put the chains on the door. Put the chains on the door. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep, yep. So it's one of those things where it's just like, all right, um, what do I do now? You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what do I do now? So I got out of there and, you know, real real life hit. Like all of these people that I've been cozying up to, caking it with, sharing my lunch with, letting them come over to the house, play my video games, all that other stuff, had no, no love for me. Um, and they were willing to see how far this guy was willing to go to let me catch the fade I probably deserved. Um, and it was a, it was a life lesson. Like in the ninth grade, 13, 14, whatever age you are, I really realized like you really, 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 really got to know the people you kick it with. And, uh, yeah, you know, it was a sad that, moment. You know, yeah. I'm sorry to hear that, man. You know, especially when he realized it was <laughs> you, like the two of y'all was one of him and one of y'all disappeared. Like, that's yeah. like a sad moment. But shout out to that dude for finally like it realizing like, yo, it's just one of you. Like y'all, you have you. You'll have the yeah. size of it, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When I think about friendships, man, you know, I never really took that seriously. I think I took, you know, my mother would always say, You are who you surround yourself with. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways you take that very lightheartedly, right? You just think like, oh, this is a cliche. This is something that people are saying. And truth of the matter is, I mean, I can think I can think of some of the best and the worst decisions of my life being egged on by friends, right? So mm-hmm. whether it was poor decisions, there was always a friend to affirm that decision. You know, whether there were great decisions, there was always a friend to encourage that decision. And I think that oftentimes when we think about friendships, because we are often clustered which simply means that because we're in the same place at the same time and we spend consistent time there, we just so happen to become friends only with the people we're around. So depending Mm -hmm. on where you live, depending on where you grow up, depending on where you go to school and where you work, that essentially becomes your friend group. And whatever thing they're about from a character perspective, from a spiritual perspective, from a professional perspective, from a worldview perspective, that is what grows your worldview, your spirit life, and your character perspective. And so I'll tell you something that friends did for me. Going to the University of North Texas, I'm from Dallas. 
And a lot of the friends that I graduated with did not have a strong educational foundation that would allow them to pass through college as graduates. You know, they call Mm -hmm. it the freshman fallout, right? That you get there and within the first year, you know, of being on probation, you finally decide, I need to go back home. Well, for me, because I, you know, threw my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because I came into contact with individuals who were normalizing graduation, all of a sudden, even when I dropped out, my new norm wasn't to go back home to my mama in Dallas and to work at a call center. My new norm was to complete my degree, right? Mm-hmm. And so one of the first times I realized that friendships have an impact is when I looked up two years, three years of being an undergrad, I noticed, wait, all the people that I initially graduated with, for the most part, have already migrated back to my hometown. And yet here I am, still in school with the steadfast belief that the only new norm is to complete my education to progress to the next level. JP, what are some benefits that you've seen and some dysfunctions you've seen in the way that people treat or value or undervalue the influence of friendships? What are some things you've seen? I mean, I think looking through things to make maybe a negative lens, I think one of the problems is uh, that people... Go ahead, get us, JP. Get us right. <laughs> get just, us right. Just, Come on. Nah, bro, I'm, a like, 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 I'm a good cop. Like, no, okay, don't worry. Okay. I clean it up. Go ahead. Just do it. Right. So I'm, I grew up in, in Southern California, uh, West Covina in Ontario, 30, 35 miles east of Los Angeles. But there's like a code, you know, there's 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 a loyal to your soil type of thing that happens when you grow up in that type of culture, right? Maybe mm. call it gang culture, call it what you want to call it, right? And so I learned at a very early age the value of being loyal to people that were down for you, right? That that were your friends that you grew up with. Go ahead. Sorry. Right. Everybody who's supposed uh, to catch the reference will catch it. Go ahead. Right. And so what happens is I had a serious disposition when it came to giving people trust before they earn trust, right? Mm. Because on my end, it was like, yo, I'm down for you. So you must be down for me. On the other end of that, I think that people now who didn't or who don't understand or have learned the value of true friendship have the attitude where it's, hey, what have you done for me lately or what can you do for me? Especially in this age of social media and doing it for the likes and doing it for the gram and doing it for whoever, whatever, you're only as good to somebody as how many followers they will be increased by knowing you. Right. Whoa. I feel the smoke coming off this microphone. Go ahead. Go (laughs) ahead, JP. Go ahead. I feel uncomfortable with the smoke. Come on. Go ahead. I'm just saying how many (laughs) friends and followers can I gain from me being friends with you? And so when you're no longer important to them, when you no longer have that purpose in clout. their life, right? They're, when you when they're chasing clout and you can't help them get any more clout, mm. it's a done deal. Uh, and so I think that people who haven't been raised to understand the value of friendship, to understand the value of what it means to be a friend of somebody, one, can't be friends to someone, and two, uh, do not need to be around me or you. Mm. But you have to be able to recognize that. What do you you mean? What do you mean not being able to be around you or I? What do you mean by that? 
like we have to consciously make sure that we are evaluating, right? You don't, I don't want to have to be like our mutual uh, uh, acquaintance laid up in the hospital after being shot to find out the people that I thought were my homies aren't my homies, right? That's right. So we're talking about evaluation. We're talking about understanding these people um, that you're calling friends or labeling as friends and making sure that they're really your friend. And it's not like put them in a position to test the friendship, but it's more so of, of like, yo, do I add value to you? Do you add value to me? Do we talk about deep things? Do we talk about life? Do we only hang out when it's time to watch a basketball game? And if we do, that could be cool, but I probably need to know you're not somebody that I need to maybe confess my deep, dark secrets to and or expect to show up for me uh, when I'm going through things, right? Or be mad and frustrated when you don't show up, right? What I'm saying is people have to be categorized in the proper way and put in proper place. Are you acquaintance? Are you a friend? Are you BFF? Are you ride or die? Do Come we on, JP. Role? Come I'm on, JP. Give the people saying. something that can help them, right? I, mean, I, I love I the mean. fact that you are communicating categories because we are growing into a season as a society where we need friends, but we have poor emotional intelligence and a lack and absence of care and categories to create the different types of friendships. Similar to you, JP, I grew up in a community of conflict and I knew only three levels of friendship. Okay, ready? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One, I'll take a bullet for you. I'll die for you. Mm -hmm. Two, you're cool. You're all right. You're just an all right individual. Mm -hmm. Or three, forget you. Is that the best way to say that? That's the PC (laughs) way of saying it? Yeah. And for the life, for the community that I was raised in, that was the extent of categories of friends. Right? Mm -hmm. So either Mm -hmm. you were, you know, you're all right. You're just okay. Or you are a complete threat and enemy, or I'll take a bullet for you. There were no in-betweens, right? Mm. And I think, you know, what happens to individuals who lack mature categories of friendship is that they try to fit the right people into the wrong places, right? So people who should be just acquaintances, they try to make them BFF, right? Mm. People who are simply colleagues, they try to make them you know, an acquaintance, people who are models from afar, right? Mm -hmm. They try to keep them in positions where now they have intimacy with them. And I think the importance of knowing the the varying degrees of friendships help us from being ultimately disappointed. Here's the thing I would say. I'll even challenge this again. and, And this is me knowing somewhat of the situation. I think that the disappointment isn't necessarily on the individuals who didn't show up to the hospital. I think it's, it's, it's also on an individual who had not been given the categories to be able to assess friendships in an ongoing way before the crisis, right? Because once you're in the crisis, you're in it. Yeah, That's yeah, not the yeah. time to assess your friendships. You yeah. want to be able to assess your friendships before things get to the place of real challenge, right? And so let me just go run back through the categories. I have a couple of categories, right? So, and these are my categories. JP, you kind of mentioned them. You have the category of mentors. A mentor friendship relationship is a relationship by which you gain and they don't need much from, okay? These are individuals in your life 
they can give to you and they don't need a lot from you, right? But they get to you for the reasons I'll state here in a second in the mentee. Then you have the peers. Peers are individuals who are walking with you in the scope. They're on the same pathway with you in the same direction. They may not be in the same lane. They can be in different careers, but ultimately your peers protect your character and they keep the vitality of who you are, okay? Then you have the mentee. A mentee is an individual who you don't need anything from, but as you deposit into this individual, they remind you of important forgotten truths. Then the the last two categories, um, which are very critical, or this, you have the associate and you have the colleague, right? An associate is an individual who you could have known over a duration of time, and they would consider you to be a friend, but you don't have a ton of intimacy or trust built that would allow you to see them as someone that could respond in crisis. A colleague is an individual who works within your particular field set. It could be in work. It could be in the particular uh, thing that you have going on that you just you you pull wisdom from based off their example and the similarity of the things that you do. And so what that's done for me in terms of how I lead, it's helped me not put people in the wrong categories and then therefore expect them to show up when I'm at the hospital, right? The people that I'm expecting to show up to at the hospital are my peers, are my mentors, and potentially my mentees, not my colleagues, not my associates. What do you think? What are your categories of friendship? And, and what are some ways that people can even think about their friendships practically and whether or not they have a healthy friendship culture? Yeah, one of the big things for me is I tell people to kind of kind of like you had it. Um, it's not as sophisticated as you just described it. With Come your on, categories. man. That ain't sophisticated, um, man. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, that's just, you know, I mean, that's just real life. Huh? That's just that. It just flows from the tongue. It's just easy mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I struggle with these things. So I had to keep it real basic. <laughs> Uh-huh. So what I tell people, I said, listen, you have kind of like three areas, right? You have people that you're pouring into and it's just like, that's just your, what you do. You're just pouring in, you're pouring in, you're pouring in, right? Then you have people that are pouring into you. They just pouring into you, pouring into you, pouring into you, pouring into you. And then you have people that are a little bit of both. You pour into them, they pour into you, you pour into them, they pour into you. And you have like that mixed friendship. And I think that people have to understand there's value in all of those, but you can get burnt out in some of those situations too. Mm. So when you're, when you have somebody that's maybe a friend, but the, the, the bulk of the relationship is you, you, you like picking them up, encouraging them, telling them to come on, Mm. giving them the game over time. If you're not well, rounded and having a balance of other friends to kind of be around and kind of deal with that type of relationship can be too much for you. Right. Mm. Um, and can kind of burn you out when you are the person that's receiving the game, you receive, receive, receiving, you have to be careful not to wear out the mentor, the person that's pouring into you. Good. Cause that can happen. And people just, they want too many phone calls, want too many text messages. The person gets annoyed and like, man, I'm, I'm just going to start hitting you with the, 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 the no response, you know what Good. I'm saying? Left unread. Um, we call it the egg. Egg. Right, right. That's, you're egging me. So you want to have again a mix, so that when you have you know 
the the times where you need to be refueled. You want to have somebody that can fill you up. You want to be able to fill up others, but you also want to have those type of relationships like me and you. Like, bro, like you get at me, I get at you. We fill each other up. We, you know what I'm saying? I could dump on you. You could dump on me. We can have a good time when we see each other and we have a relationship that flows well. And so you have, for me, you have to have those, those, those combinations um, in order to one, because people want to hear and they want to be heard. Like people want to feel like they're, they're doing good by other people. So people like me want to feel like, yo, when I'm talking to somebody, like I want to, I want to feel like their life has been forever changed for the good. Right. It does me good. And it encourages me not on some like self promotion, but on some like, yo, like I really feel good when I help people. Right. Good. So I, so I need, I need to be pouring into people. And I think it's a gift that God has given me to use and I can't keep it to myself. Like it's not, you know what I'm saying? I have to share this with, with people. Right. Um, and so, uh, but if if all I ever did was take 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 from people, I wouldn't feel fulfilled, and I probably wouldn't have very many friends. You follow me? Like I can drag. No, that's good. That's kind of the the meat of that. Yeah, yeah. I think so. One of the things is: Are you giving? Are you taking? And you'll hear this in a lot of motivational talk. They talk about the difference between takers and givers, right? People who have good assessment of friendships are givers, right? But a good awareness of friendship culture means that you also take, right? And so though my friendships, I'm intentional about giving, I also recognize and they also recognize that I also need to receive, right? And that's where your peers are. It's the mutual benefit of relationships. Um, Last thing I would say is this, is season change, right? There are individuals who in a certain season our relationship would would move me forward, right? But in this season of life, 2018, they can do nothing but three things. They are hindering, they are harmful, or they're holding me hostage. What we want are relationships that are helpful. Again, has nothing to do with money, has everything to do with inspired life growth and transformation. And you've heard me say this just recently, even with a mentee. My mentees don't bring anything to the table except for they're faithful, they're available, and they're teachable. Has nothing to do with talent, has nothing to do with age, has nothing to do with career, right? But as someone taking inventory, and I love the fact that you said take inventory, My job as a grown person is to take inventory in every season of change. So when I take inventory of my friendships, of my mentors, right, I now begin to ask the question, four questions, okay? Is this harmful? Is this hindering? Am I being taken hostage? Meaning like there's some ideals being pressed upon me. Or is it helpful? Those are the only four categories a relationship can fall in. If you can't say with a clear conscience that it's helpful in this season of life, either emotionally, spiritually, professionally, or or relationally, then you need not give as much time to that particular relationship. Now, again, doesn't mean that person is an associate. Doesn't mean a person isn't a colleague. Doesn't mean that that person isn't loved or valuable. That person just should not fall into the center 
of your friendship culture, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. JP, close us out. What are some ways we can take a healthy inventory of friendships in our lives? The biggest thing is being honest with yourself and knowing the type of friend you are, right? I think we 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 jump to the sometimes conclusions of, oh, let me, you're not good, you're not good, you're not good. But what, but what are you? What type of friend are you to others? Um, there's a scripture, I think, in Proverbs that talks about someone who wants friends need to first prove themselves to be friendly type of thing. I'm probably butchered that, but it's that's the essence of that particular proverb. And the idea is like, man, people want friends, but they're not friendly people. Pe- people want friends and they're mm. not people that are trustworthy. They're not people that are willing to take risk, willing to walk the mile with somebody, willing to 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 be understanding, to be to be a listening ear. Um, and so again, you know, people always, I think a lot of these morals of the stories for me is always self-evaluation, right? It's like, yo, what type of friend are you? Um, and if you find yourself surrounded by bad friends, that may be a reflection of who you are. Mm. Maybe these bad friends are flocking to you because you're a bad friend and you're just mm. kind of like attracting those that you're like, right? And then I think once self-evaluation is done, then really taking a serious inventory of who can you count on, who has been there, who is somebody that you think, or somebody, some people um, that you think, man, if, you know, Godfather of my child type situation, or if I need a kidney, they give me one. Maybe they really wouldn't give you one, but they be, you know, they say they <laughs> You know what I mean? They, I'd they give you a kidney least... if you were sick. Right, right. Okay, right. we'll see. Well, Just wait till I get right. sick. Go ahead. What, what I meant was I'll go to dialysis with you. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, so you know, just really just really evaluating and, and seeing and making sure that uh, as best as you can, because, you know, people can be frauds, people can fake, you know, um, but really like tightening up your circle. I guess the long story short is like, man, like sometimes you really just have to put your social media on invite only. Um, you have to go private. You really just got to check out, you know, and, and really disappear in order to know who's really there. Um, and, 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 and really be mindful. You don't be like my, I guess for me, it's like, don't be like me. Don't just give people that title of friend just yes, because right. I'm a friendly person. Like I, I, I haven't met a friend that I don't like, you know what I'm saying? That's the problem with me. Everybody's my friend. And then I realize like, Oh no, you're not. And then I feel silly at the end and then my feelings are hurt. Um, yeah. So, but yeah. even more than that, you can go to the build com website. Uh, you can sign up to get a life coach and that uh, life coach can help you look through things and evaluate your life and kind of assess who you have in your circle and see whether or not they need to be out of that circle. You know what I'm talking mm, about? Yeah, no, that, that's a great closing. We probably have to do a part two to this because I feel like it's this is a growing topic because our job is to help you become a better you so that we can become a better us. Thank you for tuning in to the Build a Better Us podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever podcasts are played. You too can become a part of the BBU Nation today by continuing these discussions on social media. Be sure to go like our Facebook page, follow us on Twitter at Build a Better Us, and on Instagram at BBU Social. To keep up with other exciting events and resources, visit our website at buildabetterus.com. On behalf of the entire BBU team, we'll see you next time on the Build a Better Us podcast.